Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that this finds you and yours doing well, and I want to thank you very much for joining me. Uh, yesterday's program, I let you listen to my uh, discussion with the Jehovah's Witnesses, husband and wife team, and I was trying to explain to them their very serious error with Colossians 1.15, that Jesus is not a created being, he is simply the first uh, when that when the Bible says firstborn, that means he was preeminent among all others. And uh, I pointed out how even though the Bible refers to David as being the firstborn, David was technically not the firstborn uh, because uh, his father, Jesse, had uh, other children before David came along. In fact, uh, chronologically, David was actually the lastborn. But David was the preeminent one among his other siblings. And uh, this is the idea conveyed in Colossians 1.15, that Jesus was not created. He is preeminent. He is the head of the church. He is head of all of us, and we are uh, his brothers and sisters and uh, mothers, as, as he pointed, as Jesus himself pointed out in Matthew chapter 12. All right, I uh, talked about that and talked also about how they insert in the in the next few verses, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, of Colossians 1, they, ins they keep inserting the word other there. That is not in the text. And the reason they do that is because they hold that Jesus was created, so therefore Jesus could not have created all things. He could only have created all other things because he could not logically, obviously, create himself. So um, this is why they their NWT, the New World Translation, keeps inserting this word other, even though... It is not in the text. All right, dear ones, well, we will continue our uh, listening of the witnessing encounter I had in San Diego recently with two Jehovah's Witnesses. Here we go. You're trying to say that, that okay, so, but then why would it even say, why would it even say the verse beforehand that, that Jesus was the firstborn of all creation? Why do you even Firstborn, preeminent. What did Jesus say in right? And Jesus didn't have a beginning or an end. Preeminent among all creation. Preeminent. Preeminent. Not created. Preeminent. What did uh, what did Jesus say in, in Matthew chapter twelve? He said, Behold, my mother, sisters, brothers. Yeah. Who's he talking about? Those people who were regenerate? who are right now with him in heaven we are we are his brothers wife sisters in that in that sense context yeah right he is the head of the church i know your translation says assembly but he is the head of the ecclesia the called out ones that's what that means in the greek the called out ones he is the head we are partakers of the divine nature because we have been, those who are saved are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. And that's what Peter means. We become a partaker of the divine nature. It doesn't mean we are divine, but we are partakers of that nature. And when we die, we go and we will be ultimately glorified 
with resurrected bodies, uh, glorified bodies that will never get sick, never die. And in that sense, Jesus is, he is the head of the church. And we refer to other Christians as our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes. In Christ. He is our head. He says that every, because of what he did, every knee should bend, every family and every knee should bend to the. He knee. is our head. But see, that's why this is, this is a big, big deal. And I tell people, um, I tell people, lots of different religions believe in Jesus. Yeah. Mormons believe in Jesus. Y'all believe in Jesus. Muslims believe in Jesus, but they don't believe in the right Jesus. I think it was they don't believe in the Have Jesus of the Bible. Have you ever seen this book before called Truth and Translation by David James Bedone? Have you never seen that book before? No. He's a linguist. He's a, he, he's a historian. They basically took a non-biased approach at looking at nine different types, nine different Bibles, American Standard, New World, New World Translation. They look at the uh, the King James Version, and they make some very interesting insights in terms of what you're talking about here. Because he's a linguist, um, mm-hmm. and really it was very interesting uh, what they came up with in terms of looking at the New World Translation as being the most accurate Bible translation out there today. Yeah, I, I know linguists. I mean, in, in not all linguists are created well, alike. Now, so. But, so I just think there, there, there is but something if it's, there. But if it, well, I, you know, I, I know you, I know you'd like to, to think that, John. But if it was the most accurate translation, why is, why does it render prototakos? Uh, why, why if, if Paul was wanting to say that Jesus was created, he would have very easily and very naturally have said prototizo. He didn't do that. He said prototakos. And why does a New World Translation insert this word other? Uh, it just in this one little passage, five times, and it's not in the text. It's not there. Well, I think there. you make a very good deep point, you know, in terms of there's mm-hmm. a difference. And it's I don't, a big difference. But I think what, uh, what I appreciate about the scriptures, it says, you know, you know, we don't want to argue with anybody. We already mentioned that, and we're not. And, but we don't want to make debates over words. You probably remember that scripture. It says you're not supposed to debate over words and things like that. What we try to do, our purpose of going out and knocking on people's doors, because of the clear, easy message in Matthew 24 that says that the disciples asked Jesus, what will be the sign of your presence and the conclusion of the system of things? Remember how he said there's going to be wars and food shortages? In Matthew 24, 14, it says, and this good news of the kingdom will be preached in all the inhabited earth and witnessed to all the nations and then the end of time. He goes on to explain... Um, well, how are we going to know you're going to come? Well, just like the days of Noah were, were the days of my people. said, so, you know, they'll be eating and drinking and living their normal life. They're not going to take note until the, we went into the ark and the flood came and swept them all away. The he says, same with the presence of the Son of Man. So he goes on to explain that all in Matthew 24. Jehovah's Witnesses, and when you look at Jesus, when he came to the earth, he established his, his, his apostles to preach. And those disciples preach. Go from house to house, go from door to door, go from the marketplaces, and preach the word to individuals worldwide. Because it says this good news of the kingdom has to be preached in the entire inhabited earth. Jehovah's Witnesses are in every single land throughout the United States, I mean, throughout the world. 236 different lands in, in 800 different languages with literature, Bibles, mm-hmm. to try to help individuals mm-hmm. to 
follow that command. It's a simple command. Yeah, that's what we're really trying to do. I understand Debating that. Debating over kind of words that but I don't But see, this isn't a, this isn't a, that, I understand, but that's not a minor issue. Whether or not Jesus was created, that's a big deal. Can I? Can that's I a, if, if Jesus was, let me just. Uh, what, what do you think about the point I just said regarding what we're trying to do? Well, I, I mean, I, I'm, an evan- that uh, I'm an evangelist. I, I travel all, I'm about to get on a plane tonight and go to Miami to preach. I travel all across the United States. I go all around the world Very preaching and teaching them. What about your gospel. congregation? Do they do that? Do they go from door to door yeah. and house to house? Yeah, not in a not in a organized sense like I know the JWs do or, or the Mormons do. What about the Bible? What does the Bible say in terms That's of That's what you... we do. I mean, we take the scriptures out into the highways and the hedges and, and we compel people to, to come to Christ through repentance and faith. Mm-hmm. But we compel them to come to the see if you if you trust in a different Jesus, you've yeah. trusted in a different gospel. Um, John one one, and I know this is another yeah. verse that the yeah. Jehovah's Witnesses emphasize. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word There's and the Word God. was a God. Yeah. But see, here we go again. It's the same thing with Colossians uh, one sixteen seventeen. Those verses where you insert other that a that's been inserted too. That's not in the text. It's not there. Literally, what the, I mean, I can read it. NRK, hey ha lagas, ke ha lagas, hey ha pros ton theon, ke theos, hein ha lagas. That literally says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And literally, if you go follow the Greek word order, God was the Word. Not, not a God. That is not there. You can't appreciate that with modern translation. And when you're translating from one language to the other, you can't do a literal word-for-word translation to really yeah, get the meaning of it. So, not always. Yes, you are going to find in any translation where par- words are. I know, but see, that's but John one one. Away or add. But see, that's a big deal, though. When you, should, right? It, you know, we're be. not talking about a minor. There's a big difference between in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between that and the Word was a God. That's a huge difference. That little that little article right there, mm-hmm. you have completely changed the meaning of the verse. The Word was a God? So how many gods do you believe is, in? Uh, definitely so this, see, this is, it. okay, how many, gods, how many gods do you believe in? Well, Satan's a God. He's the God of the system of things. He's referred to as the God of this age. Okay, no, he's not a God. He's not a God. See, the the term God, can, I mean, it, Moses was referred to as functioning in a role, but not by his character and nature. Satan is not, by his character and nature, a God. He, he is a he is a Satan is a created being. There's only one real God. Right. Right. There's only one true God. Right. Yes, and we agree on that. So, but are there many other gods? Absolutely. There's idols. There's there's, but they've been created. Man has right, created right, them. Right. Now, what do you believe when you say the word was a god? What do you mean by that? A god? Do you know? What, are you familiar with the term? Why would he use? Why would he call it? So why would it, the Bible refer? Why would it? Like you said, you know, we, you know, God's thoughts, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We can't debate on. Because he brought something up in the Bible, he said, "Well, you can't call God out on it." But he did call Satan a God. 
in the Bible, in the scriptures, under Holy Spirit, even Jesus he is a God. So why would he say that if he wasn't? Why would he say In the sense it? that he is kind of the the ruler of a, of a fallen world system. Okay. And oftentimes so, when the Bible refers to world, so it is referring has, to a fallen system. Good point. So he has dominion over this fallen world. Well, Jesus, as we know, well, he, he is, in, he he is the king of the kingdom. He doesn't really have dominion. God has dominions. I mean, okay. David says, Psalm, the earth is or the is Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. God is the ruler. God is the only God. Now, 1 Corinthians Let's 15 get... talks about that, though, and that's why 1 Corinthians 15 says this. And I, maybe I wouldn't it'd be interesting to see how it brings out in yours that it talks about when this kingdom gets established. Next, okay, 1 Corinthians 15 24. And he's talking, I don't know how many people you get from this. 1 Corinthians 15 24. Mm-hmm. talks about the previous verses talk about the kingdom it says next the end when he hands over the kingdom talking about Jesus when Jesus hands over the kingdom to his God and Father when he has brought to nothing all governments and all authorities and power for he must rule as king until God has put all enemies under Jesus feet under his feet so why would he be handing something back to God when God already owns it? Because he's because he's a God. He's the he's the king of the kingdom. And what Adam and Eve had was a was a relationship with God. None of us today can have a direct relationship with God because we have to go through Jesus, our ransom. That's why we pray through Jesus' name. We pray, Amen. Right? Who is who is he paying the ransom to? So Who did Jesus pay the ransom? Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, you're right. right. Yeah, so he, he paying it to him. So we go through Jesus. It says you can't even approach God right now, like Adam and Eve used to be able to. The only way that we can approach God is through the ransom of his sacrifice. So that's why you go, God, we want to thank you for this. We want to pray to you. We want to ask for, for this. Through Jesus' name we pray. Through his ransom sacrifice to you, we're going to be able to have a relationship with you. And then he's saying right here in 1 Corinthians 15, once everything's taken care of and Armageddon comes and everything's eliminated, he's going to say, you know what, after the thousand-year reign of Christ, he said, okay, after it's all done, I'm going to hand this over to you, God, because now everybody on earth is going to have an individual relationship with you as Adam and Eve originally had, that they lost. Because he doesn't need to do that anymore. That's what the scripture is saying. So that's showing how he has a role. He, just like King David had a role. He's got a role to, to, as his son to kind of get everything kind of back in, in, in sync with what was lost. And that's and really what the point really is trying to say. It really value and appreciation what? to Jesus being that firstborn creation. Because if he wasn't that firstborn creation, when Jehovah God asked the Israelites for them uh, before, you know, during the Mosaic Law, that time period, they were to give their offer up their first fruits. So... Mm-hmm. Why would he ask of his people? Why would he ask Abraham to uh, offer up Isaac? To offer up their very best and asking them to do something that he's not willing to do. So he essentially gave, offered up his very best, his firstborn of all creation, Jesus, and to come here on earth. But Jesus was not created. 
And see, if, well, if y'all believe it, no, was. no, 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 according to what scripture he was. Well, the ones we just read. Colossians 1.15, no, like I say, if Paul, Abraham offering up Isaac was a foreshadowing of of the cross, and I know y'all believe he died on the stake, but he died on the cross, well, but that's neither here nor there. But the point is, though, he, it, all, it all was showing what was going to, of, of his father offering up his son. It's just, why would he use that analogy if it did, if, why didn't he use a different analogy? It's a foreshadowing. It's, 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 it, and, and that's what the, that's what the book of, right, I mean, that's what the book of, of Hebrews is all about. It's talking mm-hmm. about, oh, that Jesus is better. He would, uh, all the things that we read about, the sacrificial system, Abraham offering up Isaac, you know, the, the lamb being caught in the thicket that took Isaac's place, all this stuff, that was a foreshadowing of what Christ did for us on, on the cross. But of a father, like Patricia was saying, a father Jesus, there's his, God the his father. best, his firstborn. Well, yeah, Jesus is, he is God the Son, again, in, in a, a status of role. He's not inferior to God in character and nature, just like your son is. Just well, they are equal. One God revealed in three persons. Just like your son is not inferior to you. I I mean, he. he, Doctor also teaches that the Holy Spirit is also equal. Right. So it just he is. Look, as far as the Trinity goes, guys, I can tell you that uh, we live in a fallen world, and everything about us is fallen. Our bodies are fallen. We're dying right now. Our intellect is fallen. And uh, so our fallen intellect cannot understand. Charles Spurgeon said one time, the great preacher back in the 1800s, he said, quote, as well might a gnat, G-N-A-T, as well might a gnat seek to drink in the ocean." So might a finite creature seek to comprehend, fully comprehend the eternal God. Yeah. And and so you know that's that our finite minds. I can't, I can't. My mind can't understand the Trinity. But just because I can't fully wrap my mind around the Trinity doesn't mean I don't believe it. I do believe I it. Find with it every. I find it. Here's what only I find because you're only because you're intellect like mine is fallen and that's fine and i agree with that but what i'm saying is that on one hand you, you will look at colossians 115 and look at the intellect of it and look at the scriptures look at the language associated with it and really try to make sure what was being said or john 1 1 and we're really trying to analyze why the words are inserted but then over here you're saying a huge fundamental doctrine of the trinity i don't understand it i don't have any scriptures that use the word trinity I don't understand it, but still I'm going to choose to believe it, but then you're asking us to, but you don't use the same logic over here. Well, how, how do I not? Because here you want to anal, you know, analyze, well, that word inserted makes a big difference, and as we see, we analyze the scriptures with this. Yeah. But over but, here you're saying... But that's really, apples apples and oranges. I mean, if we're yeah, going to use, well, if, if we're going to use that kind of logic, then we just have to throw our hands up in the air and say, well, I don't understand any of it. But, yeah. but that's not... That's not the case. We, okay. uh, God has given us. He has He has sovereignly given and protected the scriptures for a reason. They are for our benefit. Yeah. It is through the scriptures that we come to know who God is, yeah. His plan of redemption, and so we. That's why Paul said to Timothy to rightly divide the word of truth. Mm-hmm. Rightly divided. There is no greater responsibility than to handle God's word accurately mm-hmm. and with precision. Mm-hmm. I believe the Bible is crystal clear mm-hmm. in its teaching of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Crystal 
clear. But just because it's crystal clear in its in the doctrine of the Trinity and all of its other doctrines too, I would add, but but that doesn't mean we fully understand it. Here's something else I don't fully understand. I don't fully understand why God sent his son Jesus to save any of us. God would be entirely just to send every single one of us straight to hell. Mm-hmm. He would be entirely just to do that. He's a loving God, you know. He is a loving God. Mm-hmm. God is love. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it's not a touchy-feely kumbaya kind of love. Right. It is principles. it's a refining love. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a holy love. Mm-hmm. God is love, but he is also just. Yeah. I agree. He is holy. I agree with you. And that's why we don't. Well, the, that's why the, the idea of the hellfire, when you really analyze it, it doesn't paint God as a loving, just God. But it does. But it, I, let me let me get. I can't remember if I was talking with you or someone else because I talked to. I witnessed it. Do they need to be? Real quick, I'm sorry. Don't they have to be at the table at the DMV by twelve? I okay, dear ones. I hope that that was interesting for you. We will cut it off there for today. But you, uh, you heard them really struggle with the doctrine of the, of the Trinity. They took a couple of passages out of context and, and he doesn't understand how, uh, on the one hand, I can, uh, I suppose use an intellectual approach and, and really dig down in the text with Colossians 1, 15 and following, but yet then turn around and say, well, I, I don't understand the Trinity. Well, I wish I'd been a little bit quicker on my feet at the time. Uh, because it is, as I, as you've heard me say, I think even in yesterday's program, that we do not, we cannot understand the Trinity, but it does not mean we do not believe in the Trinity. We don't understand it because our minds are fallen, our intellect is fallen. And uh, I, for one, am quite comforted by the fact that my finite mind cannot understand God. If I could fully wrap my puny little pea brain around God, uh, then then I would have a pretty small God because my intellect is not all that in a bag of chips. Uh, it, it, it is compared to, uh, to uh, Mia, who is my little puppy dog who's laying right here at my feet. I'm, I'm a lot smarter than she is. No offense, Mia. Sorry about that, darling. Uh, so I, I think I'm a lot, uh, quite a bit smarter than she is. But... Um, uh, but nonetheless, my my intellect is fallen, and uh, it is it is very small compared to the infinitude of God. It's very small compared to the infinitude of God. So I'm comforted by the fact that I cannot fully understand God, and I cannot fully understand intellectually the Trinity. However, I do believe in the doctrine of the Trinity. I do believe that God is a triune God because. His word says that he is. And so I believe it and I fully embrace it. And the reason they cannot understand the Trinity is because they, like me and you, are fallen. The reason they do not believe in the Trinity is because they are not regenerate. Okay, dear ones, we will continue this uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow we will be getting into some more uh, interesting things, interesting little um, insight into Jehovah's Witnesses, their theology, and um, their very, very faulty hermeneutics. All right, dear ones, thank you very much for joining me. Until our next time together, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. 
We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, or interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.